Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Welcome to The Living Room. I'm Jana. I'm your host today. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jody. And also today we have... Christy. Michelle. And that's it. Welcome. <laughs> I should have said, and Michelle. <laughs> and Michelle. <laughs> we are talking today about honoring the men in our lives. We are... Um, Excited about this topic, and it's one that I feel like is really important. I'll tell you where I got the idea for this show. Last Father's Day, I was standing in the card rack at Target looking for Father's Day cards for the men in my life. And as I went through the cards, and I'm not kidding, I went down the rows and I opened probably hundreds of cards. And every single one was about burping and barbecues and beer and a lot of TV kind of stuff too. I mean, and I realized card after card, there wasn't one that represented the men in my in my life. There wasn't mm. one that felt appropriate to give to the men who had been my heroes, to the men who had nurtured me and cheered me on and provided for me and been leaders and the men who have loved me and none of that was apparent in that card rack. And I realized that what most of the world thinks a father is, is very different from what my experience is, and I think most of our experience. And so we're just going to talk a little bit today about what a father really is, what some of those characteristics are, and um, who the men in your life are. I'll share a story that really made an impact on me. It was about five years ago. There's a special place called Joan and Jim up in the Uinta Mountains that my husband has gone to for, oh, ever since he was probably two or three years old, his father would take him. And before that, my father-in-law's father would take him. And so it's kind of a, I guess you could call it a sacred space. You know, you Mm -hmm. hike up into uh, about a mile and a half into this area where there's two lakes. One is called Joan, one is called Jim. And it's become such a, a place of, comfort and almost as if my husband owns it with his father that they've buried a pan they've buried some utensils and they leave a tent up there because then they don't have to pack everything in but when we moved to the salt lake area my husband said i'm going to take the kids on this hike with me and at first i looked at him and i thought okay wait a minute our jacqueline is only you know three years old and well i guess she was four and then we had an 18 month old And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, really, we're going to go in this mile and a half up this hill into this big, you know, area. Can't we just go to a regular little campground? And he said, no, this is important. This is important. And so he packed all the packs and really put on this giant backpack. And I remember over the years, that backpack, it didn't get any smaller just because um, the kids got a little older. Then you needed a few more supplies and so forth. So for years, he would take the kids with his father, and as a new child would come, sometimes that meant I'd stay home with that child. And But five years ago, my youngest daughter 
Zoe was not quite ready to make this Joan and Jim hike. And she was kind of complaining about it. And so I said, you know what, I'll stay back with her. So my husband packs his pack, helps my Jacqueline at the time, who was probably, let's see, 15 at the time. And Sydney helps her pack her pack and helps Cody pack his. And I'm thinking, well, great. He's going to have an easy time with his backpack because all the kids are now carrying, you know, stuff. I mean, look at where we were all those years ago with him having to carry in 60 pounds. And so they go on their trip and whatever. They come back and he brings his giant backpack, you know, into, and it's not just a backpack, but one of those ones that has your sleeping bag and the small tent on it. He sets it down in the living room and I walk over to it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go pick this pack up. And I pick the pack up and I could not even get it around to my back. And I looked at him and I said, oh my heavens, I've never carried your pack before. You oh, carry all this it. weight for our children. And I said, what do the kids carry? And he said, the soft stuff. And it was so poignant because all of a sudden I saw him and I said, you are packing in extra weight so our kids don't have to carry the heavy stuff so that they can still go enjoy it. And you're willing to go the distance. Now, I've made that hike several times with him. It's it's not an easy hike. It's not the most difficult hike we've ever done. But because it's a little straighter up, when you've got that heavy pack on, you could just go, you know. But Mm -hmm. I came away with that in awe. Like, I didn't know. So it became this this story that I wrote and I gave him to, I gave him a little scrapbook for father's day and it's called because he loves his children. Mm. And it's just that thought because he loves his children, he carries the heavy stuff. Let's the kids carry the softer stuff. So I think when we look at the men in our lives, that if we first go to that place of what are you carrying? What's in your pack? What do you carry so that my life is a little easier? My father had a, you know, a heavy pack so that my life could be easy. It begins to what they do. allow so me to honor them. But I think we have to look at them in that way. So that was how I began to to honor and to really, I guess, try to come at it from that perspective. Of He does. He carries a, a heavy pack willingly with not a lot of complaints along the way. That's great. That's great. It's so true. And metaphorically, it's beautiful because you think of the other heavy things that we carry yes. and how often have our dad's buffered that in some way for us yeah that's really beautiful how about any of you um what's something that you love about your dad what's something that you've learned about a dad or about the way your husband parents your own children Mm. that's interesting um i so there's so many things that i'd love to share about this show i grew up with my parents were divorced and my dad lived far away and often lived overseas for most of my childhood and growing up and then he passed away when i was 22 mm-hmm. or three. Mm-hmm. And so I really haven't had him. Right. I mean, he, and he loved me and my experiences with him, he was not a deadbeat dad. He still sent us letters. He still, when he saw us, I knew he loved us. And I felt very grateful as a kid that I didn't have the dad that wasn't around, but the, the, that wasn't even present when he was with you. And I knew he loved me, but he really wasn't there. Yeah. And so I was blessed by lots of other great men who stepped into shoes and provided me a lot of comfort and, and carried the pack if mm-hmm. you will, and helped my mother I carry the pack. I love it. And so I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the role that my father played. But one of the things you asked, what he, one of the things that he taught us that I was just sharing this around social media the other day is that his thing was, he always said the quote, to be good is to be weird. To be weird is to be good. Uh. And we would say to him, dad, you're weird. And he'd be like, you know what? To be weird is to be good. 
And he taught us really at a young age that you can be weird and still be awesome. And if anyone else calls you weird, they're giving you a compliment. And while that didn't didn't always register in my head, I think Mm -hmm. of him all the time. And now my kids, um, they're like, mom, somebody is calling me weird at school. And I was like, you know what? To be weird is to be good. To be good is to be weird. And so I'm grateful for that. But I'm also grateful for, I, I just, even thinking about it, I get a little choked up about the wonderful men who showed up at good, good times. And and uh, I am grateful for that. Isn't yeah, that I can relate to that on a very deep level because my mother died when I was quite young. And I have had women fill in those shoes so many times mm-hmm. in my life. I've had huge circles of mentors, women of all ages come into my life to fill many needs that that role would have, you know, been for me. And I, I so I'm, I want, I think that's great that that's happened for you with your dad. That mm-hmm. makes sense. We're so blessed that way. Christy, talk to us about the men in your life. I just really love watching my husband be a dad. And I love that in today's world, being a dad and being a father doesn't mean I go to work and then I come home and I'm off duty and like the 1950s. Right. My husband is very hands-on and I see the difference that it makes in our kids' lives. He was always willing to help with diapers. He's always willing to help with the babies. He's always willing to help with the sick kids in the night and do those things that were in the past maybe considered more of a woman's role. I love that those, the roles as far as how we parent our children are kind of changing and evolving. It's become more fluid. Yeah, I yeah. really love that. I do too. And I I love um, having these moments where I can step back and watch my husband with our kids and just thank God that they have him. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I find myself saying that more than anything, that prayer when I see my husband is, thank you so much that my kids have this great dad. Yes. And yes. I think when you feel a void of something in your life, mm-hmm. it, it becomes even more poignant to you when that is full. So we, yes. we can't really, like Michelle, I, I grew up with a single mom and my mm-hmm. dad was out of the country and I didn't get to have him around very much. But seeing my kids have the dad to go to the daddy-daughter dates, seeing my kids yes. to have the dad to throw the ball with them in the backyard and to sleep with them on the tramp and to be there when they're in emotional crisis, that fills a need actually that I have inside yes. of me. Oh, uh, yes. So it's, yes. it's taking That's the beauty beautiful. for ashes. Mm-hmm. It's taking a not ideal situation and allowing it to heal through the person I picked for my kids. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you. There's a friend that I've met in the last year who went through a divorce and her son is now um, a senior in high school, but they have had um, a gentleman probably in his early 70s, maybe late 60s, but he has come over every single week, helped this young man become an Eagle Scout, Mm. um, just been there to do all of the dad things. And she added up all the hours, you know, just kind of as a you know, and she said, Jody, it's amazing the time that he has spent. And I said, is he a relative? And she says, no, he's a man in our neighborhood. And it really touches oh, me so because sweet. he sees the need that a uh, father figure or a man could have 
on this young boy. And he is a he's a student body officer in his high school, but he's an excellent young man. But I, I tend to wonder what would happen if that man wasn't there. There'd be a void. Yes. And how awesome mm-hmm. that somebody steps up and fills that role and doesn't need to be asked, doesn't need to have it be an assignment. Or I, I just really, really was impressed as Lisa talked to me about that. I, I'm so glad that there are men willing to do that because oh, there are some families. And it just is the way that it is that are missing that important role of, of a father or, or a man. Um, and I think it's an important role. I don't think we should downplay it at all. Oh, like you said no. in the beginning, Jenna, it's no, one it's of the most important so roles important. are needed. And I love that we're, we're talking about that, that it's not so much the bloodline as it is just the quality of what a man is that children need in their lives, right? Yes. They need that strength. They need that leadership. And there are qualities that women have too, but but men possess them in a different way. And I've seen the way I parent my children and the way my husband does. They need both, it turns out. And I I do think that we do need these strong men in our lives. Um, I'm going to share a story from our mutual friend, Danae. Um, Mm. She and she spoke at listen to your mother with all of us a couple of years ago and she's a good friend and um she has a story about her husband being a father that i think is just so powerful it's she's written it on her blog and it's called my hero Mm. and she talks about her um their family being in a very very public place and all of a sudden a kid needing to throw up And they couldn't get to where they needed to go. And her husband, Brett, opens up the pocket of his suit coat and holds up for a vomit bag for the kid. And the kid throws up in the suit coat. Oh, wow. Right? And she says, in that moment, more than any other time in their life, did he become her hero. Oh, I love it. It's such a great story. And I think... I think sometimes men think that we're expecting them to be something really grand or, or something night. really powerful. Yes. Exactly. And what we really love are those moments yeah. when yes. they're so selfless, when they're just there for a kid in just the right moment. Um, tell me when a man's been there for you in just the right moment or just sacrificed in a way that was just so necessary. Something so simple that's happening at our house. Um, my husband really loves to garden. He loves to grow a garden. I'm not so great at helping things stay alive, (laughs) but it was really cute in the, in the kitchen last night because Zoe is turning 11 and he hasn't yet found a child that has just jumped on board and said, yes, dad, I want to grow the garden with you, you know, but he went out last weekend and bought some strawberry plants and planted them in a big whiskey barrel that's closer. We have live on a big hill. And so the, the reality of where the garden has to be is at the top of the hill. And I think that's probably why sometimes we don't get up there to water. And so he put it, he helped her plant these strawberry plants in this big whiskey barrel. And for the last five or six days, he's gotten home from work and said, Hey, Zoe, did you go water our plants? And I love the fact that he said, our plants. She gets excited about it. She mm-hmm. wakes up and she goes, I got to go check and see how the strawberry plants are doing. He's doing it with her. And he's doing it to not only teach her that, hey, we can make a difference and help something grow, but he's he's passing along his passion for gardening to her. And it's the, just in these last few days to see the interaction between these two is just, just warms my heart because so he comes home from work. He's had a, in fact, lately it has been really, really intense for him for what his company's going through. But within 30 minutes of being home, you know, he's like, hey, how are those strawberry plants doing? Did you water them today? But it's the connection that he's making. And I think when I look back at how 
my whether it's my grandfather or an uncle or my father connected with me it doesn't have to be over something grand sometimes it's just something as simple as we're going to grow strawberry plants together and you're going to be involved and i'm going to be involved and i'm not going to do it for you but i'm going to encourage you and we're going to do this together so that's something very small but i love those small and what we think of insignificant moments they're not so insignificant Mm -hmm. they're really powerful no they're huge they are they're huge i love it chrissy well, I think of those times when um, my husband, Doug, has served me while I've been pregnant. I have really horrible pregnancies. Oh, yes. And if there's one thing Doug Gardner hates more than anything in the world, it's shots. <laughs> and I had to have shots in my stomach twice a day the entire time I was pregnant and he had to give me the shots, especially toward the end when my belly got super big, I could not even reach where they needed to go. And so that man, every two times a day, I could see the dry heaves in his throat and yet he (laughs) would do give me the shots, you know, two times a day. And also, you know, the many times he, he helped me when I was sick, he really, really cared for me. But when I think of Doug as a father, the first picture that comes to my mind is we, you know, we were pretty young when we had kids. He was 24 when he became a dad. And I think of this young guy holding this little six pound, little tiny thing in a whale jumpsuit she had on you know one of those jammies that cinch up at the bottom yes yes and singing to her Mm. in the moonlight so that I could sleep and that that just always sticks with me Mm. it's amazing what happens when you see a man love children or for example my grandmother who's aging to see my father be so compassionate to her and careful with her and it just what it does to my soul and my heart is is a Amazing. I love that feeling. If men had any idea the depths of our heart that would open to them through caring and yes. parenting and sensitivity, I don't think they have any idea how that just deepens our love for them. I know everybody loves Raymond is not the example of a great <laughs> thing, but what I love is this one episode where Ray buys this vacuum for Deborah and he's trying to, you know, help her be a better house cleaner. But he's like, I got to show you how to clean these curtains. And he's vacuuming the curtains for her. And she stands back and she goes, I have never been so attracted to you in all my life. (laughs) And it's those moments where it's like, it doesn't take a whole lot for us to just go, I really love you right now. Or I, I'm just so excited about you right now. And so it's true. I don't think they have an inkling um, as, as to what those small those small things can do. Cleaning, I, I'm thrilled with cleaning, but I love the tenderness. I love the sensitivity. I, I think, yeah, that's that and sacrifice, I think, more than anything yeah. else we mm-hmm. see. And, you know, I've seen my husband just be so good to my extended family, so sweet with them. And, yeah, it just tugs your heartstrings. Yeah. I had, I have a Paul Bouchard, and he was my next-door neighbor um, in our first house that we moved into when, um, when my parents first divorced. And he was our next door neighbor for many years. And I just think about how he was planted in our lives. And he oh, was such yeah. an amazing man. And and um, we've obviously since moved away, but he's always kept in touch. But he was the one I would call. And he took me to um, daddy-daughter dates. And he took me, um, their family took me on trips. I babysat their kids. But I, I, I think about him. And I think about how he moved in next door to the single mom who 
had kids and he was very, very kind to us and took lots of great care of us and was stepped in and filled that role in a lot of ways. But I also think that the interesting part of that is that I wonder the thought and feeling that he had in his heart when he knew that that was a responsibility or a role that he was going to play because he owned it and he That's really did that for us. And oh, one time I was on their, with, with their family on a trip. I was in eighth or ninth grade and we stopped in Vegas. His family is from there. And he asked me, he called me and he said, Michelle, I would like to take you on a date to the UNLV Rebels game. And Aww. he took me. adorable. It was very cute. And he took me to the Rebels game. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I'd never, I think I'd maybe been to one other sporting event in my whole life. Sure. And he took me. And it wasn't until years later that I realized he didn't take one of his girls. Like, now he only had one ticket. And I'm sure it was hard. It was easier to pick me than to pick one of his oh, girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I thought, what it, what an amazing sacrifice that was to teach me something and to have a conversation. And he asked me lots of questions. And, and he was just super kind and super great. And I think about that experience a lot. And I even though it's, to him it was no big deal, but I think about him doing something with me that he could have done with one of his old kids. And though he never shirked his responsibility to his own kids sure. at all, it was just an example of how how his heart could grow and could expand yeah. and could help us yeah. and that he could look outside that. And, and he's an important role in my life. He's an important role in my kids' lives. Even to this day, they call him uncle Paul. And so, so I'm so cute. grateful for uncle Paul and I'm grateful for his example because of him. I had that to look at. I had to see, yes. I could see what a good man is, what a good man does, how a good man talks and loves. And so it was the good example that I had growing up to find and to pattern and to find a husband of my own and a father for my own kids. And But he was the one who showed up, and I'm, I'm grateful for Paul Bouchard. Oh, so I love that I plants I those people in our lives because I really do believe that if we look, we'll see who God has planted. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that, God planted or God planted a Paul Bouchard mm-hmm. <laughs> next door. I love it. He yeah. did. And I think young girls do need to see healthy representatives of what a good man is, yes. right? We do need to see, you know, how how a good man treats his family, how a good man treats his children and his wife. And I think that's really important. You know, I grew up with a dad who was there. I. Again, I have that Norman Rockwell family, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to apologize. No, it's great. You shouldn't. <laughs> no. You know, but my dad was a university professor, and so he always had Christmases off and summers off, and he was home, you know, always for dinner, but sometimes at three, you know, if uh-huh. he needed to be. And we grew up with a dad who was fun, who worked hard, who was there, and who enjoyed his kids, which I'm so grateful for. And, you know, when I was looking at my husband, before I married him, I thought, wow, this is a guy who has those qualities that my dad has. This is mm-hmm. a guy who who will make things fun for kids, who knows how to work hard, who, you know, has so many good qualities that my dad possesses. And I think that really, really matters. I'm so grateful that... I grew up with that man, but I'm also super grateful that I found somebody like that that I could marry. Yes. I think as we look at how we should define a good man, some of the words that come to mind, I I wrote down safety, stability, support, um, and fun. Mm -hmm. I I think when a man can help build a child's self-esteem or a woman's self-esteem, anyone's self-esteem, it's a different kind of building than a woman builds self-esteem mm-hmm. like you said we we give different is. we we bring different things to the table but uh, my question is how do we show these men how do we show these men 
what a good man is and that we do value and that we do honor those qualities because we want that to transfer to our next generation. Mm -hmm. So what is our responsibility to be able to make sure that that definition rings true, that what a good man is, is sought after and respected and honored? You know, I think first of all, and this is huge, is not taking them for granted. Mm -hmm. I think so often, my husband does so many wonderful things for me and for the kids, and I don't often enough say, oh man, thank you for making the bed every single morning. Yeah. You know? Right? How great is that? He does that while I'm downstairs making smoothies. Yeah. Right? That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are so many other things, subtle things, you know, that, that I think we could do a better job of thanking and showing appreciation and I think doing it in front of the kids is really important kids need to know and I'll tell my kids you know what dad has never complained about a meal that I've cooked you know and he will eat anything I put on his plate and he will always say thank you and that's something I love and appreciate about him and I think when the kids hear that then they the the boys learn okay I'm going to do that too or the girls learn okay I'm going to watch for that you know Mm -hmm. I think it's important to not have those negative conversations that we all have been a part of at one point or another, especially when there are listening ears. Because I had an experience one time where my, I think she was in fifth grade at the time, but she comes in and she says, Mom, are you mad at Dad? And I had been talking to a friend and probably having one of those womanly conversations Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm griping about. And it was a wake-up call for me because I was not thinking of my children being active participants in that conversation mm-hmm. because they were in the other room. Oh, but they But are. I, and so it really, yeah. it corrected me. It gave me a good slap on the hand. And I've certainly, you know, been more aware of that. But I think it's so important, like, as much as we build them up, it's so important not to tear them down. I know how I would feel if I was being torn down. Oh, I agree. And I think women, I don't know, maybe we can't really say for sure whether men do it more than women or women do it, but I think we women get with our girlfriends sometimes and I've certainly, you know, I've certainly been party to that. And I think there's room for healthy discussion on how to improve marriages and things, but we have to be careful how we are talking and and how we still honor and respect and that's a that's a fine that's a fine line, but I, I I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but it's certainly something that made me more aware of it. No, I think it's super important not to speak ill of our spouses. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. And I think it happens. It happens too often, but it's a real turnoff to me. I I will leave the room or almost just like exit a conversation when that kind of criticism starts happening because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. You know, we've talked, one of the things that I think is um, really important, I mean, men know that they need to be strong. We know that we need them to be strong. But there's a right kind of strength. Yes. There's, and sometimes that strength, it's, it's a courage that's not foolhardy. It's a courage that has greatness in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's, sensitivity and sacrifice that we've been talking about one of the things that um has just made my heart just grow deeper than i ever thought possible was when we had that little stillborn baby and Mm. i will never forget my darling husband and the way he handled that little girl and the nurses came to take her away and he 
wrapped her in that blanket and kissed her forehead and said goodbye. And I just thought, oh, you are the tenderest, dearest man that ever lived. And I think, you know, there are moments like that. That's real strength. That is strength. Mm -hmm. That is real strength. That's what I love in a man. And I think, too, um, I know he's fiction, but he's not. Atticus Finch. Like, Best dad that ever lived, right? Don't read the second book. The, no. Oh no, don't read that no, one. That one's Watchmen. awful. No, no one read. No one read the Watchmen. Stick with, stick with <laughs> the Only read Mockingbird. No, no. Honestly, that I think um, he exemplifies the kind of character that is really still speaks for the quality and the gentlemanliness of a real man. Mm-hmm. And and he was he was a great man in his kid's wife life. And I have this quote that I pulled up that I thought was really cool. Um, Scout says, Atticus had an infinite capacity for calming turbulent seas. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked too much about the calm that a strong man can bring, that restraint, yeah. that kind of strength. And then she says, it was times like these when I thought my father who hated guns and had never been to any wars, was the bravest man who ever lived. And it was, that came about, that quote came about when in the book, um, remember Mrs. DuBose, the cranky lady, that they're all terrified and they, and Atticus every day would go by and give her a smile and hello, even though she was like berating the kids and everything else. Hello, how are you? And there was this pillar of strength in his character that he would never be unkind to her. He would, and he would win her over with smiles. And um, I think that's, that's a great role model. That's a great man. That's, that's some bravery and some strength that we, we like can really that. honor. Yeah. I asked my mom yesterday what memory she had of her father because her father passed away when I was about five, my grandpa Jukes. And she just said, you know, right off the bat, I can tell you one of my, I, I can go there as if it happened yesterday. She said he put out his army blanket on the green grass in front of their house and lay down. He was, he was six foot two and 240 pounds, a football coach. And she would do cartwheels all around him. And she said it was the feel of the grass and just being there with her dad. And he'd put his hands across his chest and, and tip his hat down. And she said it was just being there with him. And I said, he really gave you a great sense of peace, didn't she? And she says, Jody, I've missed my dad every single day since he passed away. She was about 28 years old. Oh, so wow. I think what a man can do, what what he can bring. That presence. Is, is just presence. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's powerful. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. We hope you'll follow us on Facebook and other social media. And we want to remind you to give yourself, your family, and especially the men in your lives some living room. I know that as moms, or at least I do, sometimes think, what can I do that's new and fun? And so I love co-host Heather Johnson's book, Family Fun Fridays, that helps give you ideas, but also makes a ritual out of it of doing something fun with your family every single week. Heather, tell us a little bit more about this great book. Well, isn't that the most difficult part, thinking of what we're going to do? So Family Fun Fridays is nearly 90 pages of activities you can do with your family, with your children. The greatest part about it is all, everything is starting with stuff you have at home, very low cost. You don't have to go anywhere, do anything. And these are really unique, fun games and activities opposed to the ones we've seen for so many years all the time. So check it out. You can get it at fromthelivingroom.com or familyvolley.com, either place. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. 
Thanks for coming to the living room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room. <laughs>